Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. This is Weens. I am one half of the Mouse and Weens podcast. The other half, the mouse, is up in Morro Bay with her family. So I'm here all alone, a little ween, all by myself, on a stage with a spotlight, which is really my closet with my light on. But um, anyway, hey, this is part two of Allison Ingram, who played the character of Nellie Olson on Little House in the Prairie, the show that we know and love. And if you don't, you will love it and you'll love her because she's so fascinating. We had to do two parts because we didn't want to edit anything out. She's an amazing storyteller. You learn a lot about old Hollywood, France, the craziness of the show, the behind the scenes of Michael Landon and Laura, the other character who we all know and love. And if you don't, get to know her, too. Um, Okay, so let's get to it. And if you would do a super favor, my dear sister Mouse does all the work on the social media. I do nothing. I'm a terrible human. I'm trying to get better. I'm going to therapy. She does all the work on the social media, everything, networking, um, asking people to join Patreon. Can you do that? Patreon.com. It's for the price of a little cappuccino. You can subscribe without commercials and behind-the-scenes funny stuff and all that. And it would really help support the podcast and my dear sister, who uh, I should actually sign up for it, too, and support her. Anyway, I'm very excited. Here we go! So grounded for having such a Hollywood life. And then what about did anyone go off the rails on the show? Did you have no, yeah. the little house? No arrests, no convictions. We're very proud. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like unheard of. Yeah, it's although true. we you do not see anyone from Little House on the Prairie with no pants on TMZ. Does not <laughs> we did hear that Michael Landon would sip on a coffee cup of vodka during the shoots, right? This was his thing. I caught him drinking the wild turkey. So, I mean, oh. hard. well, we had a thing. Okay, it was the 70s. And a yes. lot of these guys had come from Bonanza. So they were very of that era. And you've seen like Mad Men, you know, where they're like drinking and smoking. And it's like, oh, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. And people just smoked and drank. And it was like, what? Nobody thought this was like weird. I mean, not only did the whole crew drink, or as they used to say, well, normally we get through one and a half cases of beer a day. Yesterday was a two case day. We're down to one because somebody has to go to the store. So how many cases of beer the crew just consumed? It's just constant the beer. And then they had the bar. There was booze in the prop truck. The end of the day, they'd put up a bar on sawhorses and that was the main bar. And then the rap party, we'd go to the racetrack where they'd bet on the horses and drink. And then we'd have the real party back at the soundstage where they'd drink. yeah, this is, and everyone smoked. And, so and then the cocaine children. was introduced, and I'm not sure if they had it on it, but I've heard stories yeah. of old Hollywood and cocaine. Oh, well, yeah. and you guys were kind of isolated people where you were, were shooting, too. The, people were doing coke in the 20s. I mean, you know, yeah. And 80s was the big coke era for Hollywood. Everyone, except like me and Jay Leno, apparently, were <laughs> like, <laughs> 
I lack the brain receptors that process cocaine or something. It like doesn't work, saving yeah. millions of dollars and my nose. Um, but yeah, Little House wasn't really. Thank God we weren't a coke set. A lot of people like full coke they were everywhere. But we were apparently a booze and cigarette set, like hardcore. And nobody thought this was weird. Nobody got tired or went to sleep. They somehow were all speeded out. Were like awake. I don't know how. And I did. I remember being the prop truck. Michael just saying, you know, the usual, the usual sort of like forfeit and it's a wild turkey jug into the coffee. I don't know how he did it, um, but that's what people did. That. And well, like even the food, like now, if you, uh, these days, a craft services table where you'd have snacks for the actors, you would have vegan options and gluten-free options and there'd be a bunch of healthy stuff. There'd be fruit, there'd be vegetables, there'd be food. We had urn of coffee, urn of hot water, tea bags, sugar, milk, and big boxes of donuts. The choices were donut or bear claw or eclair. There was, oh no, there was no health food. There were no like oat bars. <laughs> how did we survive? It's true, but that's and how weird. Were, and then you had to fit into your costumes, which were and not- And the children were drinking coffee. I mean, I was a teenager, so I was a hardcore coffee addict by like part like by 14. So mm -hmm. I was, you know, I'd get my cup and this coffee, I talked about in the book. Remember I said, you have like your AA strength, your grip strength and like French strength. This is grip strength coffee. Get the paint off your car. This is black coffee. Chew it and go, girl. Go, girl. Milk and sugar. I would drink that stuff. And the problem was, is little kids like little Robin and Rachel who play baby Carrie wanted to drink coffee. And Melissa and I were like, you really can't. So we'd make that we'd get like a cup of milk and put a little bit of coffee in it for them. So they were drinking coffee. Aww. They wanted to be big girls. That's I sweet. know. <laughs> we, did, so we, that... didn't want, we didn't want to poison the small children. We did draw the line at that. Yeah. That's very nice. And then in your next play <laughs> with the dead baby in the drawer, that's a whole different story. <laughs> oh, the dead baby in the drawer. That was the best part. It's like, wham, wham, bam. <laughs> So somebody asked you, and I'm sure you get this question all the time, and I can't find who asked it, um, but you were friends with people on set. You and Laura didn't have any, there were no issues there, and you were friendly with everybody. Um, people want to there... know the beefs. Oh, sorry. Yeah, all the, all the gossip. This is the fun stuff. First yeah, kisses, yeah, crushes, all this. Our idea of a beef on Little House was like, well, I won't sit with you at lunch. You know, we didn't really get really hardcore. Um, the, the fact is that um, Melissa Gilbert and I bonded immediately, which is hysterical because we were the mortal enemy. So of course we got along the best um, and everyone generally got along. Yes, it is true. You're gonna hear it again and again. Melissa Sue Anderson who played Beautiful Blind Mary, her mom was very protective. And apparently she's recently even said, well, she was told like, don't fraternize with the other girls. Like, oops, we didn't get that memo. Um, so she, and as I said, she, I think she thought that Melissa Gilbert and I were juvenile delinquents and she was probably right. Um, so she just would not, not having it. She was not gonna be friends with us. This is never gonna happen. And so she was kind of like uppity standoffish. We're like, okay, what do we do? Okay, but we weren't like horrible. We don't go beat her up for it. Um, and, and then it was weird too, because we had people visit our set from other shows because people would guest or people would be at MGM and people would wander over from other sets. And someone once said to me, cause we were talking about somebody was fighting with someone. They went, oh, stop. You call that fighting with someone? They got restraining orders against each other on half these shows. You guys are so wussy. Your idea of hating someone is you're not speaking to them for three days. Please. Yeah. You're so 1800s. That's like an 1800 squabble. Come on. Well, because we yeah. would still at Christmas, we'd still buy everybody presents. presents. <laughs> You're like, well, I'm kind of mad at her, so I won't buy the like the nice presents. Like, oh, but the day we all wanted the Christmas presents, went to the party. 
What was it? Where does that come from? Does that come from the top? Is that a Michael Landon thing? Is it just because, do you think it was the material you were doing? Very much. I say it was Michael Landon. Was that he laid one of the things like, okay, like I said, none of the kids are in jail. Hi. Um, we all went to school. You meet some child actors that can barely read and write because they didn't have, they're supposed to have by law, three hours school, four hours work, run a restaurant creation, but some people didn't. They like bribed the welfare worker, like didn't do it. No, no, no. We just, just another interview, my 8 million interviews, just did one the other day with several cast members and with um, Susie, uh, Susie McRae, who's the casting director, was married to the producer, Kent McRae. And we talked about that and I remind her, I said, remember, remember Helen Veneer, the teacher with the stopwatch with this child has 12 more minutes of school. And she's like, right. And everything will come to a grinding halt and like they make it. So they took it very seriously and they took all of those rules seriously. And they were very careful making sure we kids were protected. We're sponsored by the homeschool buyers co-op. Keeping my kids busy and on track with school has been overwhelming. There are a million choices online. That's why I'm so excited to find the Homeschool Buyers Co-op. They've done the work for me, researching and listing the best curriculum organized by grade level. And because of their large buying power, I get up to 90% off retail prices. They even have classifieds for used materials. So visit homeschoolbuyerscoop.org and use referral code WEANS to sign up for free and get 5,000 smart points towards your purchase. That's homeschoolbuyersco-op.org, referral code WEANS. Have fun. Lowe's has all the top gifts for home this holiday, like Craftsman Tool Storage made in the USA and available in a selection of sizes, starting at $198. And right now, get a special price on a Lenovo Smart Clock with Google Assistant for just $24.99. Shop gifts in-store or from home on our app and Lowe's.com with free shipping on thousands of items or pick up curbside for contactless service. Valid November 22nd through December 31st, U.S. only. Lowe's has all the top gifts for home this holiday, like Craftsman Tool Storage made in the USA and available in a selection of sizes, starting at $198. And right now, get a special price on a Lenovo Smart Clock with Google Assistant for just $24.99. Shop gifts in-store or from home on our app and Lowe's.com with free shipping on thousands of items or pick up curbside for contactless service. Valid November 22nd through December 31st, U.S. only. Michael also was very like, we are here to get the show done. He loved practical jokes. He loved to giggle. He loved to laugh. He was breaking the tension, but it was also like, yes, and we're going to finish all of these pages today. And we're going to make this entire hour long, like a feature film cinematic monster in like five, six days. But so he ran a tight ship. Yeah. So he's running a tight ship. So you you did you knew your line, you showed up, you did your job. So the idea that you were gonna hold anything up because oh you were having a bad day or so and so doesn't like so and so, it would be like, I don't care. It's <laughs> like, yeah, you left it was the D Miller Tri zone. You left that there. It's like, well, if you don't like them or this part, that's great. And you can leave that in the dressing room because we're gonna make a show now. Wow. And so we just did. It was like, well, time to go to work. Eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> That's great. Because so many shows fell off the rails because of it. So great. And it probably kept you safe and structured yeah. and professional. You're still doing this today where you're showing up and being very. 
that that was the biggest like what do you inherit from michael the work ethic the little house yeah. in the prairie work ethic and okay so you know i go to france right these are these french stories so i was in france i did a movie in france jean-pierre Moki. oh i talk about him in my stand up act because hilarious but <laughs> one of the things that happened i got on the set and Moki was famous for being like french roger corman in a way i mean he would cry he would make entire movies in 12 days and then spend like a month editing and like I mean, if you go to his IMDb, it's like, he like made all these movies. And they were hilarious. They were all very dark, weird comedy. So I'm in this thing. And I had been warned. A lot of people didn't like to work with Moki because he was so outrageous and always going, Maltar, Maltar, action, like yelling and screaming and really nuts and vulgar and crazy and awful. And he wanted to shoot this whole movie in a couple of days. So they said, French actors were used to well, maybe we'll have a cigarette and we'll talk about it for a while and then we'll have some wine and then perhaps we'll shoot later in the afternoon. So they were like, what is happening? This guy is... So I get there and I'm like, I'm good to go. I was in TV. And indeed, we we kind of came to work at like 10 a.m. and we had something to eat and they hung out and people were drinking wine. I'm like, okay. Luckily, the Argentinian key grip said, I made a pot of coffee. Come in. Um, so the Argentinians <laughs> were drinking coffee in the corner. I was with them. Uh, they, had, they had every country represented the, as the Argentinians said, don't worry, we've got six languages spoken on this set. And when the guy from Zimbabwe gets here tomorrow, it will be seven. So you're covered with every oh week. Um, <laughs> he was not kidding. He was not even joking. So um, we get, so it was a very fun set. But he would shoot and he'd go, okay, go. And we'd like do the scene, wrap it up. And, go, and you'd do like maybe two takes. And next setup, he would go, okay, moving on. And everyone like, they'd go hurtling around in the next setup. And I'm going, oh, very efficient, you know, like, like TV. And I, a couple hours in, one of the guys goes, now, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. And he's like, a lot of the actors, this is a terrible, terrible, fast pace. And I said, none of you have ever worked with Michael Landon, have you? <laughs> <laughs> because that's what you do in a TV series. You shoot the scene, you go, okay, cut, print, next. And they like start moving the furniture. Yeah. Wow. See, good. This is good so training. Me well, I was able to work with the infamous, infamous Jean-Pierre Mocky, and I had a blast and his speed didn't bother me at all. And it was yeah. fine. And so speaking of all these countries and France, you're huge in France. What's going on with that? How? I, Why? I am. I am. I am. Uh, <laughs> yes. I am. David Hasselhoff has Germany. I am <laughs> of France. That's exactly um, what I thought of. <laughs> I, am, I am. I am. Or as my father said, oh, great. You're Jerry Lewis. I'm, <laughs> he's like, I was hoping you were going to be Catherine Deneuve. No, you're Jerry Lewis. Um, so it's, yes, what happened is, is Little House on the Prairie. I mean, it runs literally, literally all over. Okay, the other day, Dean was reading Little House books, and he was watching all the comments, and he went, Jakarta? What? Because, um, yeah, it literally is everyone. But in France, they started running it kind of early. Usually shows in America from seven, they might not get to another country till the early 80s, say. There's a delay before they do the foreign sales. Somebody ran the pilot of Little House where they're in the woods and Mr. Edwards comes. Oh, and there's Indians that speak French and all that stuff. They ran it as a Christmas special in France, all dubbed and everything. The French went nuts. Oh, this poor woodcutter, this family. And they, they, didn't know. they thought it was like a French movie. They didn't know what the hell was happening. They thought it was great. They demanded the series. They wrote to the TV guy wow. and said, we need this show. We, if you do not give us the show, we will tear the place apart. And so probably, I say, we started 74. So like 70, by 77, like late 76, early 77, they're running Little House in France. And they ran it every day at noon. What do French people do at lunch? They go home. 
And they still do. They still do in many places. Back then, that was it. Everybody went home for lunch. Everybody left school and went home for lunch. Now, some kids stay at school and brown bag and have a cafeteria. But about half of them go home for lunch. And many people will go to the break room now and eat in the break. But they also go home for lunch. So billions of French people are all like sitting there home for lunch. And at the time, there were two channels. Oh, my gosh. So shall we watch the weather report or Little House in the Prairie? So you created this whole fan base oh over there. Amazing. What was it like? So okay. what happened like when you first emerged as a human in France? Did you show up there personally? And Yeah, I didn't know. I knew they watched it in France. I'd gotten mail. I knew it was big in Germany and big in Japan, big in France, big here. And I'd heard stuff. I didn't realize Argentina I found out about later. Apparently they're bananas for in Argentina. So all these strange countries are like, so I got this thing. Come do this talk show. There's this talk show in France. Okay. And they you know, we'll pay you a bunch of money and fly out. Ooh, fancy. So I'm going to go. But I get there and suddenly, like, I'm the Beatles. <laughs> like, the limo, the driver, the car driver. So I'm to, like, circle the hotel because people are mobbing the cars or trying to get back. I'm like, what is happening? And I get to the talk show and there's a studio audience. Oh, a three hour long live talk show. Who does this? Wow. Um, and they would have and all these stars, they would just shift. They'd have a table full of people and then they go, okay, you're, you're done. And then they don't get up and leave. And then a bunch of other stars would come in. I'm like, what is happening? And it was the nuttiest, most insane, chaotic thing. They had, uh, they were standing on the table and shooting people with super soakers. I mean, it was really nuts. And I was like, I and then they start doing saying, who is our guest? And they're putting up pictures of people from Little House in the Prairie. And the audience is yelling out their names. Oh, Caroline, and Dr. Becca. Yes. And so like, okay, who is there? And they're trying to guess. And the doors open, they play the music, and I come out. And they go berserk. And oh, my God. they're singing. People in France sing the theme song. There are no words to the theme song. This whole studio, people going la la la, la like the religious song. And I walk out. I'm like, ah, this is happening. And I sit. And they're just so bananas. And um, and then, and then the other actors, the actors. Be, um, do you ever see um, uh, Amelie? The thing, the movie. Oh, Amelie. Yes, love the, Amelie. The boy who worked at the grocery, who had the bad arm. That's yep. yeah, that's yeah, Jamal. Yeah. Jamal uh, Debussy, huge star in France. He's there. He flips out and starts speaking. He tried to speak English. His English is not correct. I use, I cry in my room. I cry and I cry. Why? Why are you not so mean? And he starts like screaming out. <laughs> um, yes. It was like that. So I'm just going, ah, ah, what is happening? It's like the wind. Is a, and I had to have a thing in my ear because I did, certainly didn't speak enough French to handle any of this. So I totally get mobbed everywhere I go. People are bonkers. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going back. So I wind up going back to another talk show. And then people are just out of control. And then next thing I know, it's like, well, Patrick, Patrick Lubatier, and says, you know, we could do a show. I mean, I could take your show. I could, you know, he's a writer. He said, I could do a thing. It would have to be a whole adaptation because some of the jokes, they don't know who the heck you're talking about. And then the other things they do translate to French. So we could do a French version. And I'm like, you're crazy. So he'd never done a comedy show before and I didn't speak French. So we decided to do a comedy show together in French. Why not? <laughs> Why not? It was a smash. He had yes. to learn how to be on stage. I had to go learn French. So I went back to school and learned French. He figured out which end of the stage was which. And now he's hilarious. And so we wound up with a tour, Confession du Gas de la Prairie. Then he wrote a second show called Le Mal au Trésor de Nelly which is what we're doing in January and February. And um, I'm bummed. We have to eventually get back because he's working on a third show. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
they all the shows sold out, sold it, every show sold out, standing ovations, just mass panic. And then during this, I met Jean-Pierre Mocky. I was on a talk to him. Jean-Pierre Mocky was there. And Patrick was like, I am going to chase him down the hall and make him put you into one of his films. Wow. And yeah. it worked. <laughs> and then I was in a movie. So, yeah. There you How go. Did, the French, did, oh did they treat you the same way as a character as the Americans did? Did they think you were bitchy and... No, they 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 love me. <laughs> and that's like, I love the French. <laughs> I always say it's a cultural difference. They they don't think Millie Olson's mean. They think she's French. See, this is and a French thing. Um, they do. They love me. And in fact, on the talk show, I, I talked about in the book, they were arguing like Jamal's freaking other, and then they all start getting get, 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 get to each other. And I'm like, wait, what is happening? The front they can't even translate fast enough. They start talking, and this one guy says, But Nelly was a child without a smile. And and she was so sad. And I said, Well, yeah, she was jealous of Laura, I think. And then they had this whole discussion, and as I said at the time, I was apparently put on trial. My character was on trial on French television with this whole panel of people. And um, it was declared a crime of passion. I was jealous of Laura. I was a sad child. It couldn't be helped. And I was apparently um, found innocent under French law. Oh um, my gosh. It <laughs> sounds feel good. It sounds like therapy. This is great. Good. So weird. So the French decided poor Nelly just needed to be loved. And besides, here's Allison, and she's kind of funny, and we like her. And that was it. My sense of humor, their sense of humor meshed. Um, and so I started going to France twice a year for like a couple months of time. And basically all the free champagne and escargot and chocolate. Oh, oh my gosh. This, is, you... like, uh, this is amazing. Good for you. Do you feel went, fluent now? I went now? to school and learned French. So I did the whole, I did the whole stage show in French. Yeah. did the whole Good. movie in French. That's Good. amazing. Do you That's feel amazing. like you could live there and like fluent? Like, are you... Probably there. now. I mean, a couple of years ago, I would have said, oh, well, it would take me. We'll have to gear up to it. But yeah, I could. I mean, because I would stay there and I would stay with friends. And sometimes I stayed with friends who didn't really speak a lot of English. And then, well, like on the Moki set, the guy who drove me in every day didn't speak a word of English. It was hilarious. So I really had to catch up. Um, but sometimes I hang out with people who don't speak English. And I do the show in French and I do interviews. I was doing interviews in English and French, like the thing. But now I, can, I do whole interviews and stuff in French. Wow, good That's for amazing. you. That's I, had awesome. book there. I had my book released there in French. And um, yeah. You are, you are idol status in in reinvention you know so many so many people get stuck in in one job one thing and here you are just like okay who moved my cheese we're gonna try right. this now. Now try this the, i am now queen of the internet because yes. as i said i finally I was like oh no and so then i just took my whole life and career and went here i'll just put it here hi it's and, amazing uh, yeah i know you've got merchandise online you have a production company you do your tours um, well, I can't do the tours now because I can't shove 12 people in a bus. Right. It's not safe. What, what are you so, going to do about that? Is that going to is that going to well, come back? Well, I was talking to Richard, Rich Sebastian, who I did the tour with, the dearly departed tours. Um, he's also Santa Claus, by the way. So keep an eye oh, on him. Can you Rich explain Sebastian. what the tours are really quickly? Sorry. Yes. Nelly, the Nasty Nelly tour of Hollywood was uh, Rich and I would get in the bus and you'd sign up for the tour. Uh, you get a free autograph picture and only tour in Hollywood that stopped for milkshakes. So, um, <laughs> three hour tour, 
you'd hop in the tour and we'd go around Hollywood, but it was personal stories connected to everything. It's like, well, here is Hollywood High. Oh, wait, that's where I went. Oh, here's Paramount Studios. So when I was working here, here's where the thing, oh, here's the Chateau Marmont. Oh, wait, I live there. And so, so all these landmarks, but all the best landmarks in Hollywood, I either live there or work there, or went to school there or know somebody. So it was like literally all personal stories about all yeah. these famous places. And we went by Michael Landon's house and we went by Liberace's house. You bet we went by Liberace's house. And <laughs> Then we'd stop at the farmer's market, get milkshakes. I love it. That's and so cool. The Hollywood sign and take pictures. And then when we go to the sign, you couldn't always get up to the sign. So we found a place where it was a really good shot of it in the background mm -hmm. where it was safe. But I would bring, um, well, it's not the wig, but it's a copy of the wig and some yes. bonnet. And so people could take a picture with me and the Hollywood sign with or without the wig. And then they That's could wear bonnet. So there's all these pictures of people on their Facebook with the Hollywood sign, me and the ringlets and the two of them standing there in bonnets. It's like, and these two guys from Minnesota brought their own wigs and it was their Christmas card it was me and the two of them in Nelly wigs. And oh Hollywood. my gosh. That's, that's amazing. Because... And you know what? That was my next question because I know that you've been asked this a million times, but that is the question from Jen Martin is it looks so hot and uncomfortable. How did you keep your curls? Um, because they did have to make a wig because it was so hot and humid and awful and terrible. And I said, the hair doesn't really curl. Just to get it to bend at the ends to be fluffy, this involved a blow dryer and a very fancy brush. It looks um, very nice. Or, it's yeah, gorgeous. That's what the so but, um, my hair's very straight. So <clears throat> I showed up the first day and they said, you're supposed to be in curlers. And my Annie Marion said, what? And so I was sleeping in curlers at 12 and, 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 12, and coming in at like four in the morning and they would clack, 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 clack with the curling iron awful but they make them work so if you watch the first few episodes you can see my bangs are a little straggly and the curls because they were doing it by hand and then a couple episodes in they said this is a nightmare so they brought in uh ziggy ziggy the wig maker of hollywood i think is still alive he was old then he's ziggy, famous ziggy 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 geiki i think his name. he made famous famous wigs in hollywood you know betty davis everybody so he comes in and then larry who was betty davis's hairdresser and then we had gladys and who'd worked with marilyn monroe and everything. all the makeup and hair people marilyn monroe joan crawford betty davis that's they work with so i got betty davis's hairdresser and ziggy the wig maker of the stars and they built this thing like on my head so that's they finally did they made a wig and custom made and it was stunning um giant metal comb right here so that it would stay which was like and um many 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 pins it was excruciatingly painful and uncomfortable hot and like sometimes my scalp get cut a little bit you know um but you know eight nine hours of where um and it, it would come off at the end of the day and it'd be like oh. Oh, you had to keep it on in between takes and everything oh yeah because it took like oh. an hour to put on it was a nightmare it was, a, oh it was whenever i watch shows with period stuff from the 1700s 1800s i'm like ha, 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 ha. <laughs> i just go ow i feel i can feel how uncomfortable the costumes and the wigs are i go ow, i like wince and bang um, but you did this for that's years why, that's why i was like eternally surprised because <laughs> like um, those combs, yeah. I remember those in the seventies. We put our hair in those all the time, but yeah. And you look just like metal. Nelly when you pulled that back. That was amazing. I mean, you just, that's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> it's terrifying. I'm just saying. But yeah, it was so, <clears throat> it really hurt. And, um, but it worked, it worked. You just, you kind of, you zone out and it becomes part of it and part of the, yeah. so, just so angry. Just uptight. My head, head hurts so bad. Um, yeah, so I, I did that for a second. Added to the character. Wow. That's so that crazy. was a big question. I want to get, so Andy, oh no, we don't have his last name on here, but uh, what is your 
favorite or least favorite episode? Do you have? Oh, hands down. It's it's Bunny, where I pretend to be paralyzed and get pushed down the hill in the wheelchair into the pond. Yes. Yes. Is it a stunt person, did, too? How, where, where what is TV that? show did this ever happen on? Who? Who has ever done this? Right. Yeah. We have Tiff wondering, was that a stunt double in the wheelchair? So maybe you have to tell the whole scene. I don't what know. Do you think? Yeah, right. They, so they put me in the chair and... um. They, and remember, I'm wearing like underwear, a nightgown, and bedroom slippers. It's like no mm-hmm. safety. So they start to push me down it and saw a steel cable. They stop it. And then the stunt woman, very brave, does the down, does the somersault into the pond. That's okay. definitely not me. Then they take me to another hill that is longer but less steep, put me in the chair. Again, bedroom slippers, underwear, nightgown, and a real broken arm, thank you, because I'd fallen off my skateboard. So that's the 1800s thing or the actual board. And they kind of go, well, off you go. And the camera's on a dolly and they're all protecting the camera. But I'm just going, ah, like you know, <laughs> trying not to die. Because and, there are close-ups um, of you too. Were they right in front of you going down yeah, the hill? Yeah, they're like right oh. there. And I'm screaming bloody murder because it, it was terrifying. And then go back to the pond and I get in the pond and come up spitting. So yes, that's Oh it. my gosh. Well, Julianne and I, uh, being sisters, there was a time I had a bike accident and I was in a wheelchair and she was in charge of pushing me around and we were at the Oakland Zoo and we got to the top of this tall hill and there was a duck pond at the bottom and it wasn't her fault. I said, you know what? I, wanna... fault, he said. I was reliving that scene. And I go, I want to ride down this hill. I can handle it. I'll stop at the bottom. It'll be fine. And she goes, okay, if you're sure. So she let go of this wheelchair. I went zooming down this hill and it burns through your hands. You can't stop yourself. You really. can't you can't, you can't stop. You, I had to hold the armrest. If I touched the way that was the thing, they said, oh my God, whatever you do, keep your hands in the armrest. Yes. If, you'll lose a finger. You, and then right. you, also 1800 giant metal wheels. You would lose yes. a finger. If it yeah. So I went thump, thump, thump across this little strip of lawn. Luckily in front of the pond, there was a chain link fence. So I hit it and I bounced off and I flew out of the chair and I was crumpled in a pile with all my bandages on my knees from my bike accident and on my hands. So I had a real life Nellie Olson moment, just not the mud. (laughs) Horribly dangerous as I now realize, no doubt. Um, Because wheelchairs pick up momentum. They're heavy. Oh yeah. They're quite heavy. And the wheels going, they pick up enormous momentum if you push them down a hill, as I discovered, because I was like, how fast is this thing going? You get going and it does, it goes really, really fast. It goes faster as it goes down the hill and you can't stop it by the bottom of the hill. It's really talk about, you know, yeah, it's all that inertia momentum. It's going like 60 miles an hour by the time you get bottom. No, it was scary. It was life flashing in front of me kind of stuff. So, (laughs) okay. We have, this is brilliant. Ali Morgic, who is a super, super, super fan, who happens to be Joelle's best friend. And she... We grew Joelle up watching all your episodes Allie, together, sitting on the couch all through the 70s and 80s. Best friends. And they would play Little House on the Prairie and dress up Allie's younger brother as one of the sisters, right? And poor right. Johnny had to play. <laughs> <laughs> it was really... My, my pretend name was always Laura. I was always riding around with, you know, horses and the whole thing. But then I, I also pretended that I was Mary. And I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be ready in case I ever got scarlet fever and went blind. So I used to purposely close my eyes and walk around my house and memorize where everything was in case I ever got Where's scarlet that? fever. So. Did you know that was very big? Pretending to be blind was huge when I was in about sixth grade, which was those was the nineteen. Yeah, yeah. There was a book called 
follow my leader. Am, am I like the only person alive who remembers this book? I don't know. This I book. don't know that one. I have not looked it up to see if it's like out there on Kindle. Follow my leader. It's this boy with the seeing eye dog. And it's about this boy. And it's like, I don't know, it's like a firecracker accident or something. He goes blind and he's like 11 or whatever. And he's very bitter and upset at first. And then they send him to this camp where he's going to learn the seeing eye dog thing. And it's all about how they train seeing eye dogs. And then he trains the seeing eye dog. But it goes through things, how he learns Braille. And it has a whole Braille alphabet and thing you can learn. And how he learns, like your plate, you know, your milk is at three o'clock. And your thing is at 12. Yeah. Blind things that people learn. And it was a hit. Everyone in my class read this book and were people were obsessed and everyone learned, we all learned Braille and several people signed up to volunteer to go train seeing eye dogs at camps where they let you do that. And at least two of my friends blindfolded themselves for an entire weekend and See, went around the house. Practicing. These are my people. I'm not weird. I always thought I was weird all these years, but oh, finally vindicated. Thank you. Yes. It was like <laughs> 1972 Gardner elementary school. Everyone was blind for a week. It yeah, was just that's so weird nuts. that kids would commit to that. Like that's oh my god, the level yeah. that they committed yeah. to. I mean, I was I learned Braille and I was like looking up where like where can I sign up to train seeing eye dogs? And I was right. like practicing, but no, oh no, there were two kids, these two girls, and they were kind of obsessive. But they did they blindfolded themselves for several days. Oh, see, those are my people. So. That's awesome. Okay, so <laughs> Allie's question is: Was the chicken really spicy in the episode when Miss Olson <laughs> made Laura cook dinner for Almanzo and? Nellie's date. Yes, this was awesome. This episode, the famous cinnamon chicken episode, which is also the mud fight episode. Yes. Real mud, real mud. Okay, um, the chicken. No, it's ordinary chicken. And in fact, Dean and I sat there going, okay, so what do we want to do? Do you want to try to put like some pepper on it? And I said, well, I think we can do, I mean, we can, you know, hello, we're both like highly trained. We can just do this. And he said, oh, I want to put like a little pepper, just like, like prime in the pump. He's like, just to give you that, you know, sense memory and as soon as you smell the pepper like it'll kick in or like yeah so we got to then we should put like two shakes of pepper on it just to sort of give us the feel but as soon as we got it so and, and as soon as i saw his face when he went Ooh, it was like i started to feel it too it was totally psychological and we got into it and no that was acting it was perfectly good chicken we okay, actually finished good. it later but we were like hacking when i had to chug the water and I, you probably noticed my eyes like went like out of my head so i'm chugging the water and it's a big glass and I couldn't like fit. And Michael goes, no, 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 fill the glass back up. You have to chug that whole glass of water. You have to do it. Oh my God. I'm like, but he's like, uh-uh-uh, you're gonna do it. And he says, look, I, I said, but it's like coming out my nose. He goes, I don't care if it comes out your ears. No, this is great, trust me. Just chug the glass of water, just do it. And he's like, chug the water. And while I'm chugging, He's like, don't you dare put that glass back down on that table. He said, if she puts the glass back down, fill it back up, keep it rolling, don't even cut. He oh said, we gosh. will stay here until you've had, until you've had. And I'm like, okay. So that, and you can see water comes out my nose probably, and my eyes get bigger and bigger. And I did, I chugged the glass and it was genius. And then he said, and as you see this, oh, it's the it best. but I thought I was going to drown. Um, so we did that. And then the mud fight, um, yes, that area was a duck pond in the winter and a cow pasture in the summer. And so then they hosed it down. So it was mud and uh, not all mud. It was also cow poop duck poop yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. and she gets me in that headlock and you see her hand come around with a wad of mud and it goes right in my mouth you can see it yes yeah 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 yes you were eating poop awesome <laughs> oh no so what'd you do at work today i ate shit <laughs> and they had a 
some set medic and the set medic comes over as we're doing this company says no i have to you didn't i gotta make sure you guys didn't get any of this in your eyes it's totally unsanitary so did you get any in your eyes and i said my eyes i just <laughs> ate like a quart what is that gonna do to me did you get sick did anything happen from i it? did not um okay. also you may have read in the papers because we were at see me and um out near it was out near the Rockadine plant, the famous Rockadine plant. You read about this? It was the they had a major radiation leak back in in sixties, oh and um, they had a, a jet fuel leak too. So there was the chemicals. Or they told me it was benzene, hydrazine. So there was like jet fuel stuff in the water table, and there's been lawsuits and cancer and like investigations. And and the Rockadine thing really was bad. It's like a super fun hazmat cleanup site, and it was like oh I don't know a quarter mile up the hill from where we were. So. Um, yeah. So now they're going, oh my God. Uh, and I even talked to her, I said, well, were you exposed to any water on the set? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so the mud, so it was, um, you know, cow poop, duck poop and ostensibly radioactive waste of some kind. Some awesome. jet fuel. Don't really um, know any combination thereof. <laughs> Um, which I maybe another arm that comes back and massages your job. What work? <laughs> my says I don't need a light night light to read. She glows in the dark. Um, but yeah, apparently I I've been tested for everything. I am apparently impervious to duck shit, cow shit, and radioactive waste. Oh my That's God. a good quality in life. Congratulations. Oh my goodness. All right, All right. now our last question. Yes, I was gonna say we're getting near end. I was yes. gonna say it's like what's six o'clock, isn't it? We're like been here for days. <laughs> I love it. And so it's amazing though, but we have like there's so much there's so much more we wanted to do. Oh my god. Yeah, we yeah. we haven't even gotten into your advocacy work and comedy we got to. We have a question that says any Bonnet heads, go to my Facebook, go to my Twitter, go to my Instagram, go to my everything. Uh protect.org is the charity. So yeah, you can look look me up. We're going to yes. put all of that. Joelle's going to put all of the links on everything. Right, right, so, okay. yes, but you know, absolutely. you're doing such amazing work. So I, I have a couple questions, but this yes, guy, yes. Andy, our good friend, Andy has any advice that you know now that would have helped you back then? That's a broad question, but yeah, yeah. No, let me um, um, I've been telling other child actors, uh, don't do drugs, stay in school, which sounds <laughs> really silly, but when you look back and you go, okay, how much time got wasted? from drugs, how many delays in getting around to doing things because you were high. <laughs> and that's if you weren't like a giant drug addict and like you had whole years go by you. So how much time, and when you look at like big celebrities, big stars, most of whom are like sober now, you never hear any like, you never hear any of these rock stars say, I am so glad I did that heroin for 10 years. Yeah. Right. It, it ne never comes out. None of these actors, when Robin Williams talked about how he was on cocaine, then off cocaine, he says, what do you say God's way of telling you you have too much money? Um, you never hear anyone say, yes, when I was doing all that cocaine, that was just the best part of my life. No, you never hear that. You never hear that. Everyone who did that later goes, man, what a disaster. I so God, if I could only get those minutes back. So probably you should maybe not take a bunch of drugs when you become famous. It's, there you go. Um, the other is stay in school. Um, the kids who did have the three-hour school on the set and actually maintained their grades and went back to the regular school seem to have a lot more functional things kind of going on. And it's sure, life is so much easier when you can read and do math. It just is, especially math, because people will steal your money if you can't count. Um, <laughs> they will. If they think you're dumb and don't know math, it's just the contracts. Yeah. Um, so it's important. And the people I know who were denied an education, things went wrong, their parents weren't on the ball, the producers weren't letting through our school, 
they've really had a tough time of it. They've had to go back and play pickup and go back to school. I mean, I went back to school. I wasn't as deprived then, but I went back to school and made sure I got you know, the rest of my credit. Because I, I left school, I got the proficiency exam. So I graduated, but then I went to I went to local college and took some courses. Or, and then I went back to school and learned French. So I'm sort of caught up. But yeah, <laughs> you don't, to, to wind up at the time when you're on TV and you're young, it's like, cool, I don't have to go to school. Why am I studying? I already have the job I want. Ah! And people are doing drugs. You go, well, that seems fine. They say it's fine. They seem to still be working. But when 100 years later, you're like, yeah, probably if I'd actually paid attention in school and not been stoned, things would have gone even faster and better and what? Uh, the other is stay out of the sun. Because um, I look like this. This is called, this, there's your face and this is your face on drugs. This is called don't smoke, don't do cocaine and stay out of the sun. <laughs> Good gorgeous. for you. She looks, I know, you look <laughs> wonderful. Really it's amazing. We so appreciate you being here. Jules, did you have any other questions? Or you well, were... yeah, I've got like a million, but I'm going to narrow it down mm -hmm. to one. Okay. <laughs> um, I will ask the question, you know, in your book, which we will guide people to your book, but you've gone through a lot in your life. You have had, <laughs> yes, and we're going to link all of that stuff. Yes, you've had, you know, you came from a life of Hollywood entertainment. There's been some trauma in your, and you're working with the Protect is the group for child abuse. And yeah, National Association to Protect Children or protect.org. We do very interesting things. You should check us out. Yes. And you having gone through everything that you've gone through and good and bad and right and left and crazy Hollywood and all the, you have such a amazing right spirit. I have, do you ever get depressed? Are you just happy all the time? Uh, How do you do it? I do. I mean, I mean, technically, um, and you know, I sort of said the book, you know, 22 years and three shrinks later. Um, yeah. Um, but, but when I first went to the therapist it was her early twenties, um, my PTSD was like so severe. She nicknamed me Rambo. Uh, <laughs> like you're like running through the jungle it's like what is happening here um so yeah it's like bye, bye. um fun with ptsd so yeah i mean i take a lot of naps and now with the pandemic is very stressful um i i haven't i haven't had anyone close to me die of it yet but boy a lot of people are really sick several people have been to the hospital several people are having that after effect thing where okay how you're better yeah why do i still have the headaches and why can't i do anything this is really horrible and it's terrifying although there's these experiments going on did you know that llamas may have a special antibody that may wind up saving us llamas what? may save us all if you heard Break this, it, breaking no. news with the world the I, llama antibodies the doctor on tuesday i'm going to ask him but they're doing everything they're doing, yeah, there's a, there's dozens of vaccine trials and hundreds of drug treatment trials there's really is stuff going on they're working on but apparently somebody was doing something about llamas and their immune system and these antibodies and how they attach a virus so we may all be saved by llamas but llamas. Um, is this a all great ending It'd be great, but it's very traumatic. It is very stressful. It is terrifying. Yes, we're in a horror movie. It's the zombie apocalypse. This is insane. There's this terrible disease that is killing people and we don't fully know how we have no cure and we have no vaccine and we don't even have a treatment. Ah, um, yeah. and it's highly contagious. So th that's not fun. <laughs> it's terrible. It is and not fun. Losing their jobs and can't pay their rent and my friends are starving. So, um, I'm trying to help people out. I'm, you know, call people, do you need stuff? Do you need wipes? I got wipes, I got toilet paper, I got food. <laughs> and I'm trying to hook people up with things and hook people up with work and stuff they can do on the internet. I have several friends, I'm like, you know, if you go in this thing on the internet, you could probably bring in a few bucks. I'm like, hook them up. Um, but it's terrifying, but I'm, I'm a survivor. Rock and, and you're, 
You are bringing joy. You are bringing joy to this world with all your readings. I appreciate it as a mom now with my children at home, uh, no school. We don't know what we're doing necessarily next year. And I have actually pulled out all my old little books, little house books that I had as a kid and saved for my daughter. And she and I read in bed each night. And we discovered your Facebook and now we're loving that. So things I think get that weird. little town on the prairie, things get very weird. It becomes Ooh, okay. like little house in the big woods, farmer boy. And then all of a sudden there's like politics and like terrible racism and like weird things happen. And then like Laura's having a baby and it's like, whoa, what is happening? Um, so yeah, it gets strange. So keep yeah. on. Um, yeah, we're, we're still in the early phases, so Look, we're good. We're safe there, but it gets very weird later on. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I like connecting to people. I like making people happy. Um, the reading the books is wonderful for me. Um, I do find that all of this stuff is stressful and I go, I need a nap and I find myself taking naps. I recommend this. If you just find you're tired and things are getting weird, you're like, I feel weird. I need to lie down. Go lie down. Take a nap. Relax. Go play in the garden. Take a break because it, it is it is stressful. It's very wearing on people. It is. They did it a is. study. There's an actual COVID brain. They're saying that that's a true thing. Your brain, because it's this weird underlying hyper stress, but you, that it's actually affecting your memory or retention. Yeah. Also to be traumatized is one thing to be traumatized and bored at the same time. <laughs> yes. uh, it's very bad. And for then with it. media, media, media too. Well, it's, it's just... continuing, continuing trauma. Cause usually you have the earthquake or the tornado hits and then it stops. And then the fire department comes and then you clean up the mess and then yeah. whatever, after the thing, the fire, the flood or whatever, you clean up and you call the insurance company and you get to, no, this is going, nah, nah, it's not stopping. And that will make you nuts. Also, did you know that, and here I am, we're on the Zoom thing. Did you know that doing too much Zoom is also terrible for you? <laughs> I can really? imagine. The I'm talking to my computer. <laughs> your eyes and your brain talking to people on a screen, it's great at first, but yes, all of the, it's bad for your eyes staring at the screen, the light, but it also psychologically, it's weird to be on in a meeting. In meetings, suddenly, oh, hi, you can see me. It's not a phone. It makes people nutty. If you do so much Zoom a day, really? take a break and let go lie down. Mm -hmm. That is huge advice. advice. And then this, I, I read another study that listening to lo-fi music, hearing the crackle of a vinyl record and real like lo-fi yeah. mono speaker kind of music. Huh. That's, why, that's why Dean Butler's playing all that pause fiddle stuff. And boiling it down to basics, family values, and just being home and, and trying to enjoy it while we can and, and make the best of it. So thank you so much for- Thank you, thank you for having Wait a second, I want to end on the one thing. Yes, do, yes. You know, do you know that The Rock has a crush on you? Oh, super yes. crush. Yes, we found this out. And it was like super embarrassing because like my husband was at work and it was in a magazine and someone he worked with saw it and went, what's this about The Rock and your wife? Um, so it was like, excuse me? Um, the Rock was talking about spanking your wife in like Us Magazine. And so we got, yes, it's hysterical. Rock was talking about who did you have a crush on when you watched TV when you're younger and he liked, um, Oh gosh, uh, what's her face from Family Ties? And he liked a bunch of. And he said, and that Nellie Olson, and wanting to turn her over my knee. And you know, she's a real feisty kind of gal. And so, oh yeah. my! So yeah. if we were to reach out to the Rock, and love no, I'm him. kidding. I'm kidding. No, <laughs> call him. I love him. I love him. Okay. No, he's great. I, I, we see. We watch all his movies. We like him very much. 
Good. Good. All well, right. You might have to put on the outfit and go over his knee, but it sounds like that's. <laughs> yeah. So after the little house reunion, we'll have a, a rock Nellie Olson reunion too. That could be fun. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Part two coming soon. Well, we do appreciate it. Are we good? Weens, can I close it out now? Yes. She's got her list. Good. Are I you good? It. Did you want to say anything else? Awesome. I can't yeah. imagine. I think we covered the whole thing, everything in the world. Yes. No, that was great. Sure. Yes. We love it. So everybody, please go to bonnetheads.com. That kind of links to everything. And then do visit Allison Arngrim uh, Facebook. So that's where all of your readings are. You have your live show. You have reinvented yourself in the time of COVID and you are an inspiration to all of us. And just look at you. We love you. And we love Nellie Olson. I'm, I'm here to say, should I forgive you now? Can I, can I just get over that now? No. <laughs> yes, you right. can. She's like Good. the coolest person in the world. We so love cool. you. Thank you yes. so Thank much you. for so much. Thank we you so much. We'll see you soon. Bye. Okay, that concludes our interview with Allison Arngrim. Thank you so much, Allison, for doing this with us. We had such a fun time. Everyone, please go to bonnetheads.com to link to all our wonderful causes and projects. She's got more than I can mention. It's all linked there. It's wonderful. And thank you so much to our sponsor, the homeschoolbuyersco-op.org. It is a great resource, you guys, for those of us parents who are dealing with our kids being home, having to homeschool or learn from home. Uh, this is a wonderful website. You can sign up for free. Upon sign up, just type in the referral code WEANS and you will get 5,000 smart points to use on your purchase. They also give you free curriculum, free webinars, free, 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 so much. So please do go there, check it out, you guys. It helps us, it helps them, it'll help your children. So we appreciate it and we thank you guys for your patronage. Look for us on patreon.com slash mouseandweens. Also, social media everywhere, Mouse and Ween, spell it out. We love your ideas, hearing feedback, your reviews, hearing that you've referred us to your friends, all of it. Thank you guys so much for having so much fun podcasting, and we will see you in our next episode. Bye. Lowe's has all the top gifts for home this holiday like Craftsman Tool Storage, made in the USA and available in a selection of sizes, starting at $198. And right now, get a special price on a Lenovo Smart Clock with Google Assistant for just $24.99. Shop gifts in-store or from home on our app and Lowe's.com with free shipping on thousands of items or pick up curbside for contactless service. Valid November 22nd through December 31st, U.S. only.